What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting preview for this week's Houston Open. I'm going to take you through the outrights board. We'll look at some potential matchups. We'll see what the tournament predictor says for this week and much, much more. Let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right into the odds board. All right, here we go. Uh, This grid via odds checker allows you to kind of easily go through and see what the best available numbers are now that more people have the ability to shop numbers. Uh, you should take advantage of that. So no surprise that Scotty Scheffler is the favorite. Maybe a little bit of a surprise of how much shorter he is than everyone else. Six to one is the best number that you can get on Scotty Scheffler at the moment with Sam Burns checking in at 14 to one over two times the implied win odds for uh, for this week. Sam Burns to, to Scotty Scheffler. If you've been following along, uh, I'm quite bullish on Scotty Scheffler, right? I mean, the stuff that we are getting from Tita Green is magnificent. He switched back to the blade style putter uh, that he used so effectively for the vast majority of 2022. He switched back to that on Saturday and Sunday last week. He flies up the leaderboard. He ends up finishing T3. So um, I'm I don't necessarily make a habit of of betting these guys who are six to one, although. They seem to be winning much more frequently, um, but I completely understand the odds here. When we look at the tournament predictor, and this is this is kind of why this is an issue and why I miss out on these five and a half or six to one winners. So uh, this tool on RickRunGood.com it simulates the event a thousand times, and then it compares those results to the outright board to see if there is any value. Um, Scotty Scheffler won my simulation thirteen percent of the time. That is huge. It is rare for a golfer to get up in a full field event, get up over 10, get into the double digits of win equity in my simulation. Even still, it's not really bettable, right? Six to one, um, you know, that implies he's going to win, what, 14% of the time? So I've got him winning at 13.3. Bet MGM, which is probably one of the best spots you can get the numbers available, is six to one. It's like 14.5%. So uh, we're missing something, right? We have a gap here. And and when you do this week in and week out, I, I care about those gaps. I probably care about those gaps more than anybody. Now, if you don't care about that and you just want to bet the guy who I, I'll admit it at six to one or seven to one, six and a half to one, something like that. It's, it's close. It's, it's fair enough. If you just want to bet the guy who is most likely to win the golf tournament, have at it. I'm probably just not going to be a part of that. Um, the biggest, the biggest gaps uh, in our favor on the tournament predictor come from just a little bit further down the board. Uh, Taylor Montgomery, Hideki Matsuyama, Jason Day, Denny McCarthy. Those are kind of the upper echelon golfers that have a lot of value, right? So you can get Taylor Montgomery uh, anywhere from 20 to 1 to 28 to 1. Uh, I, he had won my simulation 7.5% of the time, which is pretty nuts, right? For a guy who um, has just been piling up top 15 finishes for, what, 10 starts in a row now. The one that really has my attention here is probably Denny McCarthy, and I want to check this real quick because I'll go back to the grid here. Denny McCarthy, yeah, you can get him as long as 40 to 1 in some places, 33 to 40 to 1. Denny McCarthy, for this golf course, um, Memorial Park, what do we know about it? We know that short game has been so closely correlated to success over the years, and um, 
that is kind of an outlier compared to the other courses on the PGA Tour. And Denny McCarthy's short game is stout, specifically his putter. He's probably the best putter in the world over the course of the last three or four years. And it shouldn't be much of a surprise that he's had a decent run here in Houston. Right. I mean, you're looking at the results T11 last year, T38, T9, T43. Not all of those were at Memorial Park, but he's just a constant gainer. And the last time we saw him was in Bermuda, where he where he uh, finished inside the top 10 there, he finished T6. So this is the one I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Denny McCarthy at 40 to one. If you can find that, the 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 simulator loved it as well. You won it 5.1 percent of the time, which if you can get it even anything over 30 to one, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty significant value there. So interested to see, um, if, if Denny McCarthy can break through here, Uh, I do just want to correct a mistake that I made earlier in the week. I said that this event has been played at Memorial park for three years. It's, it's only two that that's on me, my bet. Uh, my, my brain melted when they moved the event from before the masters to the fall. And then the fact that it was played in the fall portion of the schedule, uh, I got my years and my seasons mixed up. So that's on me. I apologize. I do make mistakes from time to time. So just two years at Memorial park. So if we look at the guys that have played the best at Memorial park, when they played both years, I mean, the two favorites are near the top here, right? Sam Burns, eight rounds, 2.25 strokes gained per round. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, eight rounds, 1.88. Those are your two favorites. Then you throw in guys like Adam Long and Russell Henley and Aaron Wise, 1.63. So I did want to correct that um, as we continue to look over the rest of this board. Um, it, It really pains me to probably not be able to bet Aaron Wise right i mean I, I don't know this is this is kind of a, a very sticky sticky situation for someone who like specifically to me this might not be a sticky situation to you i bet aaron wise a lot in fact last year he was probably or this year 2022 he was probably my most bet golfer if he wins at 18 to 1 for me i won't even break even on aaron wise should i care about that should i try to get 75% of my bet back or should i if i'm such a believer in aaron wise should i wait for an event where he is 35 40 45 to 1 and bet him there this is a pickle for me um i i i love aaron wise i understand his success at memorial park i understand that he's trending in the right direction i might just find other ways to invest in him whether that is uh finishing position markets whether it is matchup markets which we'll get to in a second whether it's even jock market i'm sure he's been crushing it in the jock market actually let me look that up yeah here he is this is stock market dfs his last 20 cash markets he's one in 13 of them with an average ROI of 27%. Yeah. So this is probably my path to getting Aaron Wise. Um, there's a link in the description. You can use the code Rick, get your deposit bonus if you want to play stock market DFS. I, I'm probably going to go this route. Um, if you have not been betting Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Wise over the course of the last year, uh, and you feel comfortable betting him here, and if he wins, you're going to, you're going to, uh, you know, you're going to be in the green go for it. I I just don't think personally I can, I can necessarily uh, get there. So the rest of this board kind of interesting, right? The model loved uh, Jason Day. The model loved Taylor Montgomery. The model loved Denny McCarthy. Let's talk about Jason Day for a little bit, because I don't think people realize how good he was for the final three rounds last week. Um, You know, he, 
he was like two over on Thursday and probably should have missed the cut. Uh, he battles back, shoots great rounds on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, ends up finishing T21 in Mayakoba. And now we've got a stretch of golf where his last three starts, he's gained like 22 strokes to the field. That's really stellar stuff. We don't have the strokes gain breakdown from Mayakoba, but let's assume, I think it's pretty safe to assume he gained strokes on approach again, which would in theory, make eight in a row. So this is a stat profile that continues to be exciting. It was exciting last week in Mayakoba. We just got to get four rounds out of him to cash that outright. The other thing I wanted to look at here are his just this season. Yeah, okay. So this is a short short season here, but we don't have a lot of... Uh, stro- there's been a lot of events without the strokes gain metric. So I'm just kind of looking at the more basic stats here. Scrambling, Jason Day's 45th. Okay, so in this field, he's probably what? 20th, maybe even better than that. Um, putts per round, 166. Putting average, 132nd. Strokes gains, putting 108. So he's not putting particularly well. Um, but the you know the greens and regulation metrics, the strokes gained approach metrics, they're all there. His accuracy is 26th on, on tour. That's all there. So um, all we're asking, and this is kind of a funny thing to ask, uh, Jason Day to give us four rounds and to putt well. Jason Day, right? Like if I look at the last, I don't know, uh, 500 rounds, like Jason Day might be the one of the best putters out here, right? So I'm not sure that's like a huge ask uh, for this version of Jason Day to find a little putting magic. I, I like this. I think Jason Day is investable. As we scroll a little bit further, uh, Matthew Neesmith's going to get my money. We haven't seen him play in a couple weeks. He's got three straight top tens coming into this. His odds, uh, best available on the grid, 50 to one, as short as 40 to one in some places. He's going to get my money. I don't even think this is a great spot for him. I think there's going to be a lot better spots on the PGA tour schedule for him, but we are talking about uh, a guy that again, three straight top tens. One of them was what the Zozo, right? I mean, just much better fields. Who's playing well, feeling himself in, in theory, one of the best approach players uh, in this field. I, I think that's, that's worth a click. I've been waiting three weeks to, to bet him. I'm going to bet him here outside of that. Um, Andrew Putnam, uh, tends to model very well. And so does Mac Hughes. And they're both 66 to one on the grid. Mac Hughes is short as 50. Actually, Andrew Putnam is short as 52. Let me go through uh, a couple of these guys real quick. So they're, they're somewhat similar, right? They're kind of these uh, short game specialists. Andrew Putnam uh, loses a ton of strokes off the tee, but he loses it because of distance. If you're playing out of the fairway, I think that's well worth it. Uh, Runner-up finished at the Zozo Championship. His approach play has been much better, and he's just a, a short game wizard, right? So these these areas around the Greens at Memorial Park, they are, um, you know, they removed a lot of bunkers. It's going to be short grass around these, but you're, you're going to need to be stout, right? The model, the course key stats model, uh, this is one of the highest rated um Strokes gain around the green weeks that you can get. It's one of the highest rated strokes gain putting weeks that you can get in terms of correlation to success. And that is exactly what Andrew Putnam is doing. The rest of his game is strong enough to get around Memorial Park. And then Mackenzie Hughes is kind of similar, right? You know, he hasn't played a lot. He's only played three times this year. It's been a great start. It's three top 25 finishes, including a win. And then he backed up the win with a T23 at the Zozo Championship, in which would would have been very easy to celebrate a win, uh, kind of get get lost in 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 focus, have to travel from Jackson to Tokyo and play a much more difficult field and not really play all that well. T23, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Um, and now we haven't seen him play since then, so it's been three weeks, three and a half weeks. What does he do? Short game wizard. 
obviously high upside. He won the Sanderson Farms. I do worry that he sprays it off the tee a little more than I would like, but if 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 there you know there was a comment on YouTube about this where someone said, "Are you concerned about his his uh, accuracy off the tee?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course I am." But if I wasn't, you know, if there were no concerns, he'd be like eighteen to one. He's fifty to one or sixty six to one. I think is what the grid. Yeah, the grid had him at sixty six to one. So um, that's that's fair to me. I probably start drawing the line around this area. You know, you could argue Alex Smalley at eighty to one, who has been great on difficult golf courses. Uh, you could argue Harris English, who has a huge discrepancy in odds between fifty five and eighty to one, and trying to catch um, Harris English early. You could also argue Will Gordon, same discrepancy, 50 to one at DraftKings, 80 to one in other places that um, he's playing well. And he's bet. you could argue these guys. If you want to bet these guys, that is fine. Uh, I will probably not end up getting there. My card will likely look like, um, so it'll probably be focused kind of here. This, this Jason Day, Taylor Montgomery, Denny, Denny McCarthy range, uh, Matthew Neesmith, Andrew Putnam, Matt Hughes. I probably can't bet all of those guys, so I'm probably going to have to decide between uh, two of... Well, maybe I can if I can get McCarthy at 40. If I can get McCarthy at 40, I might be able to get a 28 Jason Day, a 28 Montgomery, a 40 McCarthy, a 50 Neesmith. So that's four. And then two 66s, a Putnam and a Hughes. That might be that might work for me. And then that's just it, right? Which probably doesn't allow me to go... Um, I would probably have to go into the triple digits after that with the way that I kind of build out my cards. But if I, if I had those six, I would probably be pretty comfortable, but it'll depend on the numbers that I'm able to get. Talk about the matchup market here for a second. Guys like Aaron Wise, guys like Tony Finau, unfortunately, they're going up against each other uh, on, on DraftKings. I, I think those are investable guys. The miscut from Tony Finau last week does not bother me one single bit. You know, the four penalty shots, missing the cut on the number, everybody kind of like, ah, forget this guy. I mean, his, even his outright odds, I think at 18 to one, um, is that with the best number available on Tony? Let's see. Yeah. 18 to one, like this guy's won twice in his last, what, eight starts. And he's the same, uh, price as Aaron wise. Like, does that, does that feel a little bit hairy to you? Um, so I like both of those guys, but probably not in a, um, I mean, they're playing against each other here on 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 DraftKings. So uh, if I can get exposure to Finau, if I can get exposure to Wise in the in the head to head market, that's interesting. This one here stood out to me: Harris English minus one twenty over Bo Hostler. I plugged it into the head to head matchup tool on RickRunGood.com, and I only went to the last twenty four rounds because this is. Um, I wanted to give Harris English credit for playing better recently, right? A hundred rounds, I think actually hurts Harris English. So I wanted to kind of give him credit for playing better. And still, I have Bo Hostler as the favorite in this matchup. 55% of the time does he win it. Uh, he is the, or he's plus 100 on DraftKings. Also, the other thing that stands out to me is Bo Hostler is gaining strokes to the field more frequently than Harris English, pretty significantly. He's gaining one or more strokes to the, to Harris English, uh, to the field much more significant, much more frequently than Harris English is. And he's gaining two strokes or more to the field uh, much more frequently than Harris English is. Harris English is getting him on four and five strokes, uh, but that's kind of the ceiling stuff. I don't necessarily care as much about that. I kind of care about this lower range here, the floor range. So that to me looks like that number is off. So Hostler over Harris English um, has my attention. Let me see what else I can find. 
I, I will say this. Um, Bet365 has a Scotty Scheffler versus Sam Burns, minus 170, plus 137. Burns is obviously the dog. I don't really have a take on this, and I think um, when I put it into the tool, like I think it's fine. I don't think Scotty should be that big of a favorite, but there's obviously juice involved and all that stuff. But I'm, I want books to do this more, right? It's rare. It feels like every line that they roll out is like, Minus 120, maybe you get a minus 130. Just like do it. Just give me Scotty Scheffler at minus 170 or give me like if there's really that big of a gap between golfers, make it minus 250, right? Like let's let's get a little more. I think there's not enough. Um, there's not enough variety in a lot of these lines. So I, I'm actually I don't have an interest in that bet, but I, I'm appreciative that bet 365 has hung a minus 170, which is not a number you see a lot. All right. So look at this one. Um, Davis Riley has not been particularly good. Uh, as of late, more recently. So this is 24 rounds. Taylor Pendrith uh, has been much better. I have Taylor Pendrith winning a four-round matchup using the data from the last 24 rounds 72% of the time. It's massive. It's basically like the highest number you can get. Um, he is a, that, that matchup is available on DraftKings right now at Davis Riley being the favorite, minus 120. Taylor Pendrith plus 100. It, that is just a huge discrepancy. Now, I bet if I go back a little bit further, Riley can... Um, Riley can improve this. Let's just see. Although, I mean, Pendrick's been on a good run. He hasn't played a lot because he had that rib injury, but let's go back to 36 rounds. Still, that's actually more in favor of Taylor Pendrick. How about 50 rounds? We got to get to that. I mean, Davis Riley, he had that stretch of golf where he was splendid. 50 rounds. Yeah, it's getting a little closer. 62% uh, in favor of Pendrith. What about 100 rounds, which should be... Um, all right, that's closer. 55% to Pendrith, but either way... Basically, however you slice this, Taylor Pendrith is the favorite, and that is not the case on DraftKings. Uh, Davis Riley is the favorite, so I'd be betting, if you have access to this number, the the Pendrith side of things. Um, oh, look at that. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, minus 180 to Sam Burns on DraftKings. Good for you guys. Yeah, hang, hang more of those. Get us into like the 200 range as well. Okay, um, let's keep rolling here. We'll do props, and we'll do one and done. Okay, the... Golf props are not available on prize picks yet, but I will take this opportunity to shamelessly plug uh, my other like pet project website that I run called rungoodprops.com, which is, it's just like this automated dashboard, right? There's, it's, it's just a really simple, valuable tool. It's this automated dashboard that brings over the lines from prize picks and, and everywhere else. And it compares it to the lines at DraftKings and Pinnacle, and it finds uh, the best odds that are available. And then it allows you to kind of click on each one and, and build these, these prop entries. So for example, um, I'm obviously not a football guy. I'm not a, a really anything guy, but like the two lines for Thursday night football, uh, Mariota's passing yards are lower on DraftKings than they are at, 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 or excuse me, lower on prospects than they are on DraftKings. So by five yards, Mariota's, uh, passing prop is is lower. And then Cordero Patterson's, uh, rushing prop is two yards lower. And that side was already the favorite anyway. So Basically, the way this works is you click through and you see, okay, you know, two overs on those guys. Uh, we calculate the implied probability with the odds being with the lines being different, and you're going to win this prop. You're only you're only going to win the prop 39 percent of the time, right? Because you got to hit both of them. But when you win it, you're going to get um, your your average ROI. Your expected return is actually basically 16 dollars of profit for every 100 that you wager, right? So that's how this works. And then you know you can add more of this. You can add the um, you know, some of the NHL lines or the NBA lines will be out 
soon. We, those will those will flow in here. But uh, I don't know. Really interesting tool. It's all data based. So obviously, I love it, and it's a, a very cool little dashboard. So uh, as more props come out, you'll be able to use that. RunGoodProps.com. Okay, let's go to um, let's go to the one and done here. So. This is kind of an interesting situation. Scotty Scheffler, site-wide on officefootballpool.com, is uh, going to be about 14% owned. Aaron Wise, 12%. Sam Burns, 11.9%, which is the shortest, or the, the, two, the, the most owned golfers here for this week's Houston Open. Th- this, is the, this is the argument, right? Scotty Scheffler is five and a half, six to one to win. Is he going to have... Uh, any other time this year where he is that short? Probably not. Maybe when we go to Texas uh, next year and just him and Jordan Spieth go to Byron Nelson, for example, while all the other top players have congregated on you know these 20 specific events and Scheffler and, and Spieth go to, go to Byron Nelson and now they're the only two guys there. Maybe. But you have to look at this from an expected value perspective, right? So let's say... Um, can you guys see my calculator? Yeah, okay. Let's say Scotty Scheffler is 14% to win this event. So 14% of the time, he's going to win the 1.5 million. It's a very simple calculation because it's only taking into account the outrights, the winning. That's worth 210,000. Okay, so when he goes to the players, which is probably going to be the biggest purse, like 2.7 million, right? Might be, actually, it might be more this year, but let's call it 2.7 million. And he is, what, 6% to win that? Is that even generous? You're going to get all the best players in the world. That's $162,000 of expected value. Um, Let's say he's 8%. That would basically be 216, 216,000. So that would be close, but it'd be a small edge to uh, the player's championship, $216,000 of expected value, or this event at $210,000 of expected value. So there is kind of a pretty decent argument to be made that you should just use Scotty Scheffler right now, right? Like, I don't I don't hate that, um, expected value-wise. Now, I don't know are, are they if they're upping the player's purse. Let me just look real quick, if, if it's out yet. Yeah, okay. So Cam Smith was 3.6 last year, so that's a ton. So now... I mean, now it's only he's like, well, he still has to be four percent of of three point six million is only one forty four. Three point six million and six percent, yeah. Is he six? So that's is he six percent to win? Is he is he going to be six percent to win the players' championship? So is he going to be like sixteen to one? Um, which he'll probably be shorter, but is that his real odds of winning it? That's what sports books are gonna are gonna lay on him. So uh, it becomes a little bit stickier. I still don't mind using Scotty Scheffler here. I think uh, we're doing a lot of us assuming and uh, making a lot of assumptions, but that's that's kind of the that's the that's the calculation, right? You know, what's the expected value for all of these guys? They're the the natural thought process is to save your guys for the biggest events, but they don't have the most win equity in those events. They don't. Um, so after them, so who, who else would I be thinking here? So you've got the kind of the big boys at the top. I'll tell you what I used Tony Finau in the run and done last week. Um, I would, I would use him again, right? Like if I had him available, I would use him again. I would consider using, um, I will, I will likely use Aaron wise here. Uh, I'll just tell you. So it, it, my, I'm, I'm narrowing it down to Aaron Wise, uh, Denny McCarthy, 
and Scotty Scheffler. That that is the way that I would do. So I, I need to decide whether or not I'm willing to use Scotty here. Uh, if I'm not willing to use Scotty, I think using Aaron Wise, if I'm probably not going to bet him as an outright, if I'm probably going to get access to him in the outright market and I'm going to get access to him in the jock market, uh, to use him as a one and done option feels fine to me. I would consider Denny McCarthy. I'm getting you know a 3% owned Denny McCarthy who I think is high upside uh, on the verge of breaking out, probably one of the better setups for him, uh, at least statistically wise. So those are the three I've got it narrowed down to. Obviously, you've got to find what is best for you. Okay, live chat, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good channel, uh, a YouTube channel on Wednesday. And uh, I think that'll do it. Best of luck this week. I'll talk to you guys soon.